0: Here at Sean of the South, we're keeping our hands sharp with the help of Case Knives, the sponsor of this episode. A tradition of my family for generations, my granddaddy used to say the best cure for idle hands was to build something. But in today's day and age, everything's done with a click, a swipe, or a tap. But how about we put away the screens and put your hands to work with a case knife. Hey, you're listening to Sean of the South. That music here behind me is Jimmy Wine, Prairie Bluegrass, played by one of my favorite bands, Hay Fever. Take fever, everybody.
1: Will we wait and see if the grass grows green, if the collapse?
0: i going to read you a little bit of our mail today. Bill Shulman, Dawson, Alabama, writes, Dear Sean, my wife has me on a diet and I'm about to die. She made oyster stew with soy milk and fat-free butter. I have no energy and I feel like I have half a brain those days. But just today I was in the car on the way home and I thought to myself, I'm going to get a burger, by God, and I can't believe how good it made me feel. Felipe Diaz, Austin, Texas. I'm a Mexican-American, and my mother just got a clean bill of health today. This whole past year, she's been fighting breast cancer, and it's been a challenge because I've had to translate to the doctors for her. We are very excited about her diagnosis, or as we say in Spanish, estamos emocionados. Here's to all the women in the world fighting cancer. Dear Felipe, Dear Felipe, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Debbie Jernigan from Alabaster, Alabama. I'm a therapist for pets, and I just want to say, if your dog, Ella may ever needs a doctor, I'm here for her. I've helped dogs in the area of mental health for over 20 years. I help them lose weight naturally, and I've even helped several transition into a purely vegan lifestyle. My specialty, however, is helping pets develop a rigorous hygienic lifestyle. Give me a call if you ever need help with your dog. Dear Debbie, thank you for that offer. I will consider it strongly. Daniel Tillman from LJ, Georgia. My grandma turned me on to your podcast, and she really likes you, Sean. I know it's weird, but she told me yesterday you remind her of Sammy Davis, Jr. (laughs) Dear Daniel, I don't see the resemblance, but thank you for the letter. Bonnie Sondervan, Cumberland Heights, Tennessee. My son is in college Mississippi and I miss him today I was walking to my son's old bedroom and I thought I saw a lizard on the wall but it scurried away from me too quick I read on the internet that Aztec folklore says lizards are a good omen all about facing your fears I've been afraid of being alone for so long now I realize that I must face my fear without my son near me anyway I let the lizard live Hopefully he will kill all the spiders in my house because I don't care what the spiders mean to the Aztecs. I hate spiders and I want them all dead. (laughs) Sherry D. in Bainbridge, Georgia writes, I just took up knitting again. It's been 30 years and I turn on the radio and I knit just like my granny did. It makes me feel close to her. And then I discovered your show and now I knit to your show. Dear Sherry, thank you for that. I hope you knit something nice during this show. Dylan Childers, Spartanburg, South Carolina. My father sold our old family car. He had it since before I was born. It was a Ford station wagon. with was brown interior. And now I'm an adult with four kids, and when I heard that he sold it, it kind of hurt. It was a piece of my childhood. I almost asked him to give the car to me, but I did not dare do so because he is a tightwad. <laughs> I knew he would dangle it over my head for the rest of my life (laughs) until he died. So I just let it be. Amanda Withers, Auburn, Alabama. I don't know how I stumbled on your show, but my sister and I listened to it on the way back and forth from college to our home in Montgomery, Alabama. And by the way, Sean, War Eagle. Rob Mayfield, Manhattan, Kansas. My grandpa was a farmer. My dad was a farmer. I'm a farmer. My grandpa said he used to listen to the radio for as long as he could remember on Saturday nights. Your Hit Parade was the name of the radio show. He knew all sorts of Frank Sinatra songs because he listened to it for his whole childhood. It's funny to see an old man sing Frank Sinatra while wearing overalls. I like your show. It reminds me of the old days. I wish I could have experienced those old days, but I guess you'll have to do. Silas Bowman, Sioux City, Iowa. Dear Sean, I want to congratulate my son Samuel for passing the Georgia bar and becoming a lawyer. I also want to remind my son Sam that they bury lawyers at least 20 feet beneath the dirt because deep down, lawyers are really good people. <laughs> Billy Legrand, Holyoke, Massachusetts. My dad introduced me to your show via email, and I listened to you on the way home to Louisiana. My dad is a good old guy. He's been through a lot in his day. He lost both parents when he was a teenager. He practically raised himself. He's never judged me for any decision I've made, even when it was the wrong decision or the wrong woman to marry He's a good man. Dear Billy, thank you for that. I bet he is. Sarah Baker, Elk City, Oklahoma. My son got his first show picked today. He's so excited and we're all glad for it. We all grew up showing animals, and I don't think my son had any idea that pigs made so much manure. (laughs) He's really shocked every time Ronald, which is his pig's name, goes to the bathroom. You should see it. It really is a lot. Ronald has a gift. (laughs) Cynthia Ormond, Edwardsville, Kansas. So proud of my son for finally getting up the courage to ask his girlfriend to marry him. You have no idea how long we waited for him to find a sweet, sweet girl. She is sweet, and I don't know how she puts up with him. That girl is going to need a lot of prayer and perhaps a lot of whiskey. Pima Rodriguez, Asheville, North Carolina. I saw a man today who stopped traffic to save a baby turtle on a busy four lane highway. He walked into the middle of the road and risked his own life. I just thought it was something you might like to know about. Dear Pima, it is something I. Rainy Willard, Palatka, Florida. You talk about food a lot, Sean. I just wanted to encourage you to take a good fiber supplement if you're going to eat all that high fat. A lot of America's problems stem from constipation. Dear Rainy, God bless you for the concern. Bree Stanford, Sylacaque, Alabama. My mother's working hard on a cookbook, and I'd like to send you a copy. The recipe for her squirrel stew is particularly special. That might sound strange to you, but my daddy used to make this same recipe, only with coon. We had coon dogs for years. He was a coon hunter serving through. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Thank you, Bree. I will take a bowl of that whenever you're ready. Chase and Sandra Martin, Shreveport, Louisiana. Just want to say happy birthday to my wife. She's the best part of being alive. She turns 29 today. We've been married since we were old enough to be married, which is almost 10 years. They said we'd never make it, and they said we were too young. We have a son, Carter, and we're still going strong. She's my everything. we got one more kid on the way, a girl, and hopefully we'll name her Rose. If it's a boy, we'll name it Trent. I never knew the true meaning of being flat broke until we had kids. (laughs) And that's letters from our listeners. Let's have another song from Hey Food.
2: Every night The wind is at my back. Don't look for me when morning breaks. I'm covering my tracks. Ain't no stars above me and the moon's so far away. Jesus won't forgive the sins old John done today. Hide your daughters, lock the door behind you when they sleep. I know where old John buried her, the girl from Ruby Street. in mass I went the long way round In the back I saw John was digging up the ground His brow was wet and bore his sleeve covered up in red I didn't think he'd seen me so I ran straight on to bed In the morning I woke up a letter at my door Oh John wrote God help you now He'd never done before
1: done no wrong hide me in the night hide me in the day who will catch your drum now who will make
2: him pay my mama said i saw her tears i heard her crying loud where's my baby where'd she go lord bring her back somehow little Janie was the sweetest girl you'll find for miles around she'd never run away policeman did in the night. I'll be riding in this ditch Ain't got no money, got nothing to lose, nothing to gain
0: Last week we got our first burst of warmth. It was our first true burst of warmth. The air was, was intoxicating. The first signs of spring were making themselves known. The azalea bushes were bright neon pink. Good time of year. But the warmth makes people fidgety right in the beginning of March. It's part springtime and part winter. And it's... It's a drug. You can go your whole life waiting for this little few-week period in the year when rebirth takes place. The entire world just just comes alive again. This is the time of year when the men's Bible study group at the First Baptist Church goes on an annual camping trip up to Oak Mountain State Park. They've been doing this for a long time, and they enjoy the presence of each other's company. With the exception of Mr. Danny... And mr. Lauren, as boys, Mr. Danny and mr lauren were were responsible for the youth group, and they would always get in these arguments with each other, always in arguments mr lauren was a was a stiff man, very stiff, he always wore the same cotton shirt with a pocket that had a few pins in it inside a pocket protector and a little notebook and sometimes when you were talking, he would just pull out his notepad and take notes. He was a a very organized man, very together. Mr. Danny was quite the opposite. He was was always quick to smile, and for the life of me, I can't figure out if he was a real Baptist or just pretending to be one. He always wore a Hawaiian shirt, and he he was loud, and he... He was very popular with the youth group, but if the youth group had been left to him, there's no telling where we would have ended up. Mr. Lauren was the leader of the men's Bible study group, and most of the men in that group were in their late 60s. It was even Mr. Bobby Berry who was approaching 82. They were good men, solid men, kind men. And when they went on these camping trips, they would sit around a campfire and they would tell stories. And their stories were just plain stories that didn't have any real crescendo to them. And they didn't have any plot. And there was certainly nothing exciting taking place in these stories because these men had been born and then placed in the Bible study before they were three months old. So they'd never really done anything that would produce a good story. They were not wild men. They were they were soft-spoken, and they all, they all at one time or another in their life had worn polyester pants that were called Sands Belt pants. They didn't have a belt at all. They just had a, had a flap that buttoned across the front. They were, they were plain men. Oak Mountain looked good. The warmth had extended all the way up to that area of Alabama, and so the men pitched camp, and this year they had brought Keith Coker with them. Now, all their previous trips, they'd brought Jimmy Coker. Jimmy Coker was their cook. He wasn't a particularly good cook. And most of the men knew this, but it had never been said out loud because men like this don't, don't say those sorts of things. In fact, they're struggling so hard to, to maintain an amiable nature that they will go the other direction and they will compliment when you're not really worth complimenting. <laughs> and they did this to Jimmy Coker all his life. They told him what a fabulous cook he was. They, they did this with his barbecue. His barbecue, it was, it was the type of food that you pray to God you never have to eat. It tasted like it had been passed through the system of an old, decrepit goat. <laughs> I can remember him cooking this for the boys in the youth group And we all got plates of it. And boys in a youth group are not quite as advanced as men in the Bible study. And so my buddy Adam made a a remark. And Mr. Lorne, stiff Mr. Lorne, cut his eyes to Adam. And he he said, the lake of fire is reserved for people with forked tongues. (laughs) We didn't really know what that meant. So I got Adam to stick his tongue out and show me what his tongue looked like. Keith Coker had inherited his barbecue sauce recipe from his father. It was a barbecue sauce recipe which rumor had had originated on a Wednesday night covered dish supper. Jimmy Coker, Keith's father, was in the kitchen and he was cooking his his world famous gag-a-goat barbecue, and he was <laughs> he was instructed by the little church ladies with white hair and frilly aprons and and steel rim glasses and and modest shoes to go into the, in the refrigerator and empty the old jars and bottles of expired items. Well, Mr. Jimmy Coker was a notorious tightwad. And while he went into that, that refrigerator, he found items which he thought would make a wonderful barbecue sauce. And Among these items were apricot jelly and an old ketchup bottle which had expired two years earlier, and the ketchup had turned brown. And rumor even had it that he had used chocolate syrup. <laughs> he had a little soy sauce, a little garlic powder. And when it was finally finished, he drizzled it all over the pork, and it tasted so bad that it gave Sister Maud Andrews heart trouble. But because Baptists are are modest people and they don't believe in criticisms, they complimented him so much on his barbecue that that he won several awards that year. (laughs) He gave his son the recipe and no good cook will give his real recipe to his successor. He will withhold a few key ingredients because... very protective of the recipes. And so Keith Coker's barbecue sauce was even worse than his father's. And so Keith cooked for those three days at Oak Mountain State Park for these men and they sat around a campfire and whenever Keith would ask them how they were doing or how their food was tasting, the men would give him a thumbs up and as soon as Keith would walk away, they would turn their head and they would spit out their full mouth of barbecue and wipe the corners of their Lips with their sleeves. All in all, they had a good time. They had a real good time. Mister Danny had brought a little beer, and Mister Lauren was was starkly against this. He pulled Mister Danny aside and he said, "You have brought beer to a men's Bible study camping trip. They did this every year. Every year, Mister Danny brought something of of." Of hedonistic value to the group, and every year Lauren would pull him aside, and he would say terrible things to Danny, which would hurt Danny's feelings and make him feel like less of a a Baptist. But Mr. Danny told Lauren that it was non-alcoholic beer, so Mr. Lauren looked the other way while he did Bible study around the campfire that night, and they talked about they talked about the Ten Commandments. Everybody had a good time, especially the ones who drank the quote-unquote non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> they loaded into the van, and Keith Coker loaded up his truck. He drives a nice truck. It's a real nice truck with, uh, with his logo on the side. His business is a catering business. <laughs> Even though he's, he's not regarded as the best cook, he is the only catering company in town, and so he stays busy day in and day out. The bottom logo on his truck is a tagline, which reads, Voted the best barbecue in town. <laughs> the church van is a big long red van. Mr. Loren bought that van from an air conditioner repair service over in Pensacola. The men in the Bible study piled in that van and they drove along the interstate and it was a sleepy day. The sunshine was blaring through the windshield right onto the thighs of mister Danny, who sat in the passenger seat while Lauren drove. And Lauren was sitting with a a stiff posture and they were listening to the Bill Gaither quartet on a cassette player. Mr. Danny said, Why can't we listen to something else? Maybe a little bit of a little bit of Hank Snow or Ernest Tubb or Lefty Frizzell. And Mr. Lauren looked at him and said, you know, it's a wonder that you are even a part of this Bible study at all. First beer, now you want to listen to drinking songs about cheating and, 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 and sin. Mr. Danny said, well, it doesn't mean we have to partake. Several of the men in the group, they've got problems with low blood sugar, and if you let this blood sugar get too low, they get shaky and quite grumpy, and some of the men experience nausea and even worse and a few of them had mentioned that they were having some issues mr. Marr and back said I I, I've got to eat something fast mr. Dave he he raised his hand too he said I've got to eat or I'm gonna eat somebody's leg everybody else agreed four or five men asked Lauren to pull over at the nearest joint he could find and Lauren just didn't even use his blinker he almost caused a car accident Trucks were honking their horns. Eighteen wheelers were switching lanes to avoid rear ending that red van. And they rolled off that off-ramp. They rolled through a big town and a place where there was a shopping center. And in the front of the shopping center were all sorts of, of nice restaurants where you might take your wife on a date if you were trying to save a buck or two. <laughs> it was a log cabin-themed restaurant. And the slogan was, Great food. Great fun and good views. (laughs) It was called Chitty Chitty Bang Bangs. (laughs) Mr. Lauren pulled off into that to that place. They all piled out of the van, several of the men were already having low blood sugar symptoms. They were shaking and their knees were were knocking together and their, their eyes were quivering and they were feeling nauseous. And so Mr. Danny had everybody hold hands in the parking lot where they blessed the food before they ate. This had been a long-standing tradition since the 80s when the men had been going to restaurants on road trips and they realized that they were having to scream so loud from one end of the table to the other. They decided they would pray beforehand in the parking lot. Mr. Danny started praying before Lorne could even open his mouth. Mr. Lauren did not close his eyes. He just watched Danny in his Hawaiian shirt and Mr. Lauren thought, this man is just so unqualified. And then they all walked into this restaurant. Mr. Lauren led the charge. This restaurant was a very unique place. Very unique. And Mr. Lauren learned that as soon as he walked through the door. The first thing he saw was a young woman, maybe 23 or 24, standing behind the hostess desk. She was wearing nothing but a brassiere and a tiara. And all of the waitresses who were wandering to and fro were wearing the same sort of costume. Three of the men in his Bible study class began to develop a tight chest. and Four or five of the men had to sit down. But these are Baptist men and they, they did not feel right just turning around and walking out because that would, be, that would be standing in judgment of these young women. And these young women are what this Bible study group considered to be part of the mission field, so they, <laughs> they decided to they leave. The woman looked at Mr. Lorne and she said, "How many are in your party?" And Mr. Lorne, who was starting to sweat on his brow and on the back of his neck, and who felt tight-chested, said, "And also with you." She said, I'm sorry. Mr. Danny said, don't mind him. There's 18 of us, sweetheart. She said, okay. She gathered up a, a stack of menus and she said, follow me. She led them through the restaurant, walking ahead of them. And the entire men's Bible study group from the First Baptist Church discovered she was wearing even less on her bottom half than she had on top half. She walked them through the restaurant. The waitresses pushed several tables together. Mr. Lauren kept his eyes down. He would not look anybody in the eyes. And several of the men in the, in the men's Baptist Bible study class were, were looking at the rafters and trying very, very hard not to pay attention to the others in the place. And they all sat down. And one man leaned over to Lauren and said, we should leave. And Lauren said, I know, I know. We should leave, but, but I feel so rude. And Rudeness is a sin among the Baptists, and so they stayed. Mr. Nanny sat at the other side of the table, and he ordered fried chicken and mashed potatoes and an appetizer of chicken wings for the table. Murmuring was happening around the table. They were saying that this was the best men's Bible study <laughs> retreat they had ever had in 40 years. They were having a marvelous time. Mr. Danny looked across the table and he saw Mr. Lorne with his head down. Lorne was, was deliberately not looking at anybody or anything in that restaurant. He had a stoned face and a stiff back. A waitress came to Mr. Danny and she said, Would you like any sweet tea? She refilled his sweet tea. He whispered into that girl's ear, He said, Do you see that man sitting at the other side of the table who's not looking at anybody? You're not going to believe it, but it's his 75th birthday today. She said, 75? And even though Mr. Lauren is only 66, Mr. Danny nodded his head. He said, 75 years old. He takes good care of himself. He said, do something special for him. He's the reason we're here. It wasn't very long after that. There was a sound coming from the kitchen. It was clapping and the giggling sound of girls. The girls trotted out from the kitchen, bouncing and walking in a way that is absolutely not Baptist approved. It probably more fit for an Episcopal church. They made their way to that table. And they stood right behind Lauren and they sang... Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Lauren, happy birthday to you. And Mr. Lauren's face turned the same shade of red as a Venus Eagle cherry and he ducked his head down, but he was too late for two girls had made their way into his lap and were kissing him on the face. And the men's Baptist Bible study group did not know what to do. They left that restaurant and everybody piled into the van and Mr. Danny had a glow on his face that he had not experienced since he had won $6,000 in Biloxi, Mississippi back in 1991 (laughs) but he looked at Mr. Loren who was driving the van and he was was piloting that van down the interstate the men in the back of the van were completely asleep a few of them had their heads leaning on the glass and they were drooling and several of them were Grins across their faces. When they parked in the parking lot of the Baptist church, Mr. Danny said, Oh, Lauren, I was on the fooling. Lauren looked at Danny. He said, I have never liked you, and I don't think I ever will. And you made a fool of me back there. Mr. Danny didn't say much for a little while. And then he broke the silence and he said, I don't believe that life was intended to be miserable. Lauren looked at him, and he was searching his face. And they, they held their, their gaze for a little while. Two men, two Baptist men. Lauren looked down to his lap, and he said, I need you to swear to me. You won't tell anyone what happened today Mr. Danny looked at him and he said Lauren Green I have known you for a long long time and I've never known you to tell so much as a little white lie and you're asking me to lie Mr. Lauren said I'm not asking you to lie I'm just asking you to not say a word Lauren and Mr. Danny shook hands I'd like to think they understood each other a little bit better than they had before. Mr. Lauren drove home. He drove his Toyota Camry. He stepped out and he walked up the sidewalk. And his wife was standing in the doorway. She had her arms folded and she said, I just saw those pictures Danny posted on Facebook. <laughs> Mr. Lauren's heart just sank in his chest. He felt so, so terrified, he almost passed out right there on the sidewalk. He said, let me explain. She said, no, there ain't no need to. She said, I can't believe you wore the same outfit three days in a row. I saw the camper pictures. You never changed your clothes. And that's how the camper trip went last <laughs> week. Thanks for listening to Sean of the South. I've been your host, Sean Dietrich. Man, I love talking to you guys each week. The music here behind me is O'Ray Jervis, Mason Mel, Greg Hay, and Maddie Hillbrand. Their prairie bluegrass style is infectious. Man, these guys are good. To find anything more about what they do, visit hayfeverband.com. And while you're there, I hope you check out their new album, The River. It's worth your time, I promise. To find anything more about what I do, you can visit seanofthesouth.com. Dot com. And while you're there, I hope you drop me in line, because I love to hear from my friends. And speaking of friends, friends, if you can't convince somebody that well, you're right, just go ahead and try confusing them. Adios.